Welcome to Independence, the FIEC podcast. My name is Adrian Reynolds. I'm the head of National Ministries for the FIEC. And today it's great joy to have Mel Lacey with us. Hello, Mel. Hi, Adrian. Thanks Welcome so much. Welcome to the Midlands. Obviously, yes. you've left um, the, the industrial heartlands of Cheshire behind. And yes. here, here you are in the Midlands. Sunny Cheshire, down that's, to the that's Midlands. That's right. Um, the, the beautiful part of the UK. Um, so it's nice to see you. Uh, tell <laughs> us you. just a little bit about what you do, first of all, and then a little bit about who you are. If you t- let's turn those around. Okay. Who are you? Yes. And what do you do? Yes, okay. Um, I'm Mel. Um, Hello. And I uh, work for Growing Young Disciples. Um, I am Irish, uh, obviously, which is coming through in my accent. Hopefully. Whereabouts in Ireland are you from? I am from Dublin. Are you? Um, okay. Although I've gradually moved further and further away, so have kind of been away from Dublin for 20 odd years. Okay. And the family um, and everything's still over there? Everyone's and... still in Dublin. Okay. Uh, yeah, mum and dad and brother and sister-in-law. So, lo- so just, sorry, this is a decide, but it's interesting. Lockdown must have been a challenge. You couldn't get back and yeah. couldn't see people and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and... really sad. And particularly for Christmas, actually, I got yeah, stuck here yeah. for Christmas okay. on my own. Um, so that was a bit So sad. this year, hopefully, it will be a bit more. The boat is booked. More enjoyable. Yeah, Great. hopefully I'm going. Okay. The yeah. boat is booked. The boat is booked, yeah. Right. One way or another, I'm getting there. Um, this is my 21st year in full-time ministry. Um, and um, originally started working in the Church of Ireland and then moved into working in a mission agency. And then from there, really, I've had a much clearer focus on kids and youth ministry, which brought me to England and uh, have done that kind of here for both in local churches and then more recently um, at Oak Hill, training others um, for 15 years. Um, and now work for Growing Young Disciples, um, a new organisation, but it's come out of another thing, which I can tell you more about in a minute. Um, and we've been going just over two years. OK, we'll come back to Growing Young Disciples in just a moment. I always like to ask people about their journey into ministry because mm. people might be listening to this, be interested to know how, how did it come about that you were working in the Church of Ireland and, and going into ministry? What, what was that journey like? Yeah, so I became a Christian when I was 11. Um, I come from a mixed marriage. Um, so my mum was Protestant, my dad was Roman Catholic in their background, but weren't raising us Christianly. Um, and I encountered the gospel at a scripture union camp when I was 11 and immediately, um, yeah, fell in love with Jesus and uh, been up and down since then, but been going on since then. Um, and probably when I was 16 or 17, I began to understand um, for me what the authority of scripture meant. Um, and kind of started to go to church, um, where a church where there was kind of good preaching and teaching, which is a little unusual in Southern Ireland, particularly. Um, and also at that time had lots of people encourage me into full time ministry. Um, so while I was doing my undergrad degree, I did some ministry on the side to kind of have a, have a go and uh, see if it was suitable for me. Um, and it was a bit of a tricky road kind of actually deciding, um, particularly navigating with my parents um, to go into full-time ministry. So they had great plans for you, did they, to yeah, be some sort of captain of industry? It was or not what I was raised whatever. for. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I had a, a, you know, tried to think through what do I do at university. Anyway, went I did read theology and classics as an undergrad. Um, and from there went actually straight into the Church of Ireland Theological College um, to to train for ordained ministry. And the reason being is that in Ireland, particularly Southern Ireland, there's very little diversification of ministry. Um, So it was either you were, uh, you know, a minister or that was it, a lay person. So were you thinking about youth work at that time? Was that Um, that kind of the avenue that you were thinking about? Yeah, so I definitely had been doing youth work. Um, And myself, I'd got involved with script script union camps. I was a girls' brigade leader, a boys' brigade leader, all that kind of stuff. Um, but there was there just wasn't an avenue, um, so went to the 
the Church of Ireland Theological College and was made a deacon. Um, so given my commitment to scripture and my understanding of um, the roles of, of people in the church, I did not want to be uh, ordained presbyter, um, which in and of itself was a little tricky, as you can imagine. Um, and from there, really... Well, lots of people listening won't be able to imagine that, I, yes, I guess, because it's a slightly different world. It is a different world. We can world. kind of, you know, sort of... Unpack that, yeah. 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 Um, I, well, I guess the thing to say is that it's unusual in both kind of the Church of Ireland and increasingly the Church of England yeah. for people to stay in what's called the permanent diaconate right. um, uh, to do with your understanding of scriptural roles, particularly. Um, and then, yeah, basically, from there really my my ministry life has been characterized by a passion for youth and kids ministry um both in local church but then I've worked in a couple of parachurches situations as well um and in lots of different ways wonderfully God has been incredibly kind in giving me different experiences and opportunities um from camps uh, to bigger events to local church to mission I worked for Crosslinks which is a an evangelical mission agency for a number of years and we did camps to encourage uh, children to think about mission and then did some work overseas um, with children as well. And tell us a little bit about growing young disciples. Well, first of all, where did it come from? Yeah. And, and second, what is it? So um, about 18 years ago, um, Tim Thornber, who's the director, one of the directors of the Good Book Company, yeah. started a conference um, which was called the Bible Centred Youth Worker Conference. Okay. Catchy title. Yes, no, you can't. <laughs> doesn't have a one word no. sort of abbreviation, does it? No, but uh, did exactly what it said on, on the tin. It was to try and equip people who were committed to Bible Centred Kids and Youth Ministry in the UK. Um, and, uh, you know, Tim has done amazing work, not only in that, but in lots of ways, actually, and, and started that up with some other people. Um, and it, it has ticked on for the last kind of 18, 19 years. Um, but a number of years ago, it came out of the Good Book Company and a small group of us were involved in organising it and, and hosting each each year. And in God's kindness, it grew and grew and grew. And we got to the point where we thought, what will, what will we do with this? You know, it, it's probably too much for us to run as just a group of volunteer friends. Um, but it's a shame to let it go. And so the idea of turning it into a charity then was born um, where it would become a full time year round ministry. So the aim of the conference was just to give people a boost, some respite and equip them as much as we could in those three or four days. Um, but now the vision for Growing Young Disciples is to do that year round. Um, okay. So week in, week out to support so, those. So the conference still exists? The conference still exists, yeah. Um, happens in January? January, and yeah. You can't go next year residential because it's full. It is full, um, yeah, wonderful. go for a day. Tell us a little bit about the conference. What's what's kind of the aim of the conference and um, what's some of the content that, that gets put Taught. on there? Yeah, so um, this year's our biggest one. So we've 315 people put uh, booked in from all over Ireland, England, Scotland, Wales, which is wonderful. Um, we've yeah, we've become much more focused laterally on what we're doing uh, this year. The theme is raising sacrificial servants in a self-serving world. Um, so we do two things: is one how uh, the theme then works out in practical kids and youth ministry. So we're thinking about what it looks like in relationships in the doctrine of the church. Um, how do we help our young people grow up to serve sacrificially? Um, the main Bible teaching is from Romans 12. And so we'll have expositions during the evenings. And then um, in the afternoons, we have seminars and they will focus on uh, equipping the leaders to do a kids ministry to think about mission, for example. What does it look like to be an overseas um, missioner? 
Um, we also have some topics that are not specifically related, related to the overall conference topic. So um, how do you teach the Bible to teenagers? Um, we've got some, uh, sadly, we're tackling the subject of abuse. How do you care for children in your youth and kids ministry who may have been abused? Uh, some on fan fiction. Uh, so exciting and probably slightly weirder things that people may not be thinking about. <laughs> so we try to do a whole variety I'm of things. I'm nodding like I know yeah. what all this stuff yeah, is about. Yeah. And, like, no. <laughs> um, and yeah, and also then we will think for us as workers what it looks like to sacrifice in our service of the Lord, but also then to manage our own life, our spiritual health and our families as well. Right, stuff, isn't it? Yeah. So you can still come along as a day visitor. Yes. Where is can, it? Uh, Yarnfield Park, which is... Yarnfield Park is the most extraordinary conference centre <laughs> in is. the country because it's, it's owned by Open Reach, isn't it? Well, um, it's or, not anymore. It not anymore? It was originally owned by Open Reach. It's been bought by a, a conference kind of organisation now, but the deal is that Open Reach still have some usage. So when you drive in to park there's just lines and lines of bt vans and bt men there and are not BT just poles. Yeah, well, bt poles <laughs> yeah. there is a there is a car i've got to tell this story because I, I came uh, two years ago three two years, years ago, ago i can't remember yeah. um there is a there is a car park that has an, a large number of telegraph poles are, in it there is and i asked at reception about the telegraph poles and um, why there are so many the answer is there is one of every type of telegraph pole <laughs> In um, the country. In the country, in that car park. Yeah. So um, the, the conference is suitable for those um, working in youth and children's ministry or telegraph pole spotters. Yes. Yeah. I think it's the probably, dream. It's quite a narrow, <laughs> yeah. uh, quite a narrow constituency. Uh, who is it for? Who, who's the conference um, for? It predominantly is for um, full-time workers. Right. Um, so we have lots of people who are kids and youth workers, ministers in the local church. Um, increasingly, a number of parachurch organisations are joining in with us as part of their training for their, um, their teams around the year so uh, cross teach some of the camps the gains the oaks yorkshire camps different things like that we do get volunteer leaders the problem is obviously it's midweek so that means yeah. for some people yeah. taking time off work um, but if people are able to do that they are more than welcome okay. so basically anybody and everybody who yeah wants to come together so that's the, the conference which i guess is a major focus of, yeah. of the year what else are you doing throughout the year you talked about you know expanding that throughout the year what, what else is going on with yeah. growing young disciples yeah so we've got three um kind of words that characterize um our ministry vision so we want to train advise and resource uh, anyone and everyone who's seeking to raise children and young people for the Lord Jesus. Um, so that will kind of be where our, our things come in under those headings um, throughout the year. So in terms of training then, um, obviously the pandemic was difficult in many ways, but actually as a, as a kind of early organisation, it helped us to think carefully about how we would develop our ministry. Um, and one of the things we've um, developed is what's called the Growing Young Disciples Academy. Okay. Um, which is yeah a training program for again for volunteers or for full or part-time youth and kids workers um it happens at the moment uh, on one evening a week um it's two hours on zoom and then two hours um prescribed reading after that um and it's a three-year program but you can opt in for a term a year or three years yeah. and the idea is really to again almost flip the training model that instead of having to go somewhere to be trained you can access training easily and we've learned how to do that haven't we so actually one of the great Absolutely. benefits of the, the pandemic is we have had to and we have learned how to do things well, well it's not it's not quite the same you need to it's not. acknowledge that but it is something yeah absolutely yeah. um we were praying for uh, 12 thinking we might get 10 um and in september we uh, started with 47 people Great. on that academy Great. course 42 of whom are full-time youth and kids workers okay. 
Um, so it's been really thrilling. And we do have seminar groups. We have seminar leaders. So we're trying to foster as much as we can um, a relationship. With- I guess I guess just, sorry, before you get to your other two strands, um, <laughs> just to interrupt you. I mean, one of the things, just thinking about the churches I've been in, I've generally been in, well, eight years in London, I was in a larger church. I did have a full-time worker, but but generally been in smaller churches. Yes. That, that all the youth and children's ministry is done by volunteers, essentially. Mm. Mm. So that would be something that someone who's, who's volunteering, if they can find three hours a week... Yeah, could could dip into and out totally, of. Totally, totally. Yeah, it'd be great for them. Yeah, to be honest with you, my vision is that every year we run the academy, we have one person from every church that we have contact with, which is a, a pretty grand vision, but exciting as well to think if we can, in some ways, invest in the local church, just that little bit year by year, that we can yeah. over time build up, um, you know, banks of people who are not only passionate about kids and youth ministry, which I know there are many, um, but skilled as well. In, in and when, how we when, do it. when you talk about kids and youth ministry, are you talking about kind of cradle to 18? What, what, how do you define it? Yeah, so what we're talking about is kids, youth and family ministry, which is not to 18 and then caring for families okay. as they seek to disciple their children and young people. Okay, so just because I'm working with toddlers, say, for yeah. example, I shouldn't think that I'm excluded from Oh, no, that. absolutely. In many ways, we are, we're definitely talking about the theology yeah. and yeah. the kind of biblical understanding of kids and youth ministry as well as practical. But no, I think it should give people a whole kind of understanding of... Why, why, why um, let's say I'm, I'm helping to run a, you know, the, the four-year-olds group at church once a month. Mm. Why do I need training in, in theology and stuff like that? You know, I've just got the material. I look at the material the night before. Um, you know, it's all done for me. Um, I do some cutting out and um, I'm, I'm ready to go on a Sunday. Why, why do I need to be thinking and why do church leaders need to be thinking about training people in that way? Yeah, I think there's a, num- a number of reasons. I think one is that this is an incredibly complex time to seek to raise children for the Lord Jesus. And there's just lots of different things pressing in, aren't there? Um, my suspicion is actually that lots of the churches that you and I will care for and love are really good Bible teachers. Um, but where we lack is often understanding the theory behind how children learn, what to teach them, um, uh, perhaps um, lack a little bit in illustrating and applying um, the Bible to our kids and young people. And then just thinking about how we actually think in the big picture of forming ministry. So what does it say to our kids and young people about church? What does it say about the role of parents? What does it say about their life, their future? So we often think kind of just about the here and now. Um, let's just teach this passage and yeah, get through yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll pass it on to the person on the road yeah. next week. Um, but actually to have just a big, a much bigger vision of what this means for the, both for the local church, uh, for the national church, but for the church universal and as well. And that's got to come from leaders, isn't it? Yeah, d- definitely. Um, it's I think to be top down. Yeah. And, you know, one of my sadnesses is in the kids and youth workers that I engage with kind of in and out every day. Um, there often is a little bit of reluctance for kind of supporting them um, to get behind a, a vision with them or to equip them in different ways. And so, yeah, I think it, it does need to come from the mm. top down. Well, we're going to come back to that in a future episode, um, mm. just thinking about how how we can help leaders of churches lead a church in godly and, and biblical youth work, whether mm-hmm. they've got paid workers or not. So we'll come back to that. Um, mm-hmm. I interrupted you in the middle of your three points. I slow. Like, yeah. a, you know, like a really good uh, Baptist <laughs> sermon, um, which I know is exactly what you seek yeah, and to emulate. Um, so academy, number yes, one. Um, yep. so, and that's in training. We have lots of other things in our training, actually, as well. So we do something called talk labs, um, talk labs prep and talk labs practice. Talk Labs prep is really to help kids and youth workers think about how to prepare to teach the Bible to others. 
Um, so we're doing uh, sessions of three or four weeks in a book or in a particular book of the Bible, um, thinking through how to structure a talk, how to illustrate a talk, how to apply a talk. And yeah, hopefully together then learning how to do that well. I've been fascinated since I've started with Growing Young Disciples um, that one of the biggest questions and the most popular training sessions I've done is just how to teach the Bible. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and so really trying to help people do that. So we've uh, recently we've done Jonah, four weeks in Jonah with both kids and youth workers dividing into two different groups, thinking about how do you teach this? How do you do talk structure? How do you perhaps do a weekend away or a series in church? Um, and we've just finished Matthew chapter one and two. So thinking through kind of in preparation for Christmas, how do we teach this? How do we teach it in an assembly in school, um, an all age service, a youth talk? Um, so that's Talk Labs prep. And then Talk Labs practice is just coming but that's about the actual art of standing up and then delivering the talk um so to try and um Im improve our preaching um because that is what we are doing essentially to children and young people well, that's a, and that's a really <clears throat> helpful emphasis isn't it because i think one of the things that frustrates me about what sort of gets described as christian youth work is it is it seems to be minimalizing mm -hmm. the bible because mm -hmm. there's, there's a fear that actually that's going to alienate young people and um you know we need to find better ways of engaging them but it's not i mean we've just done a series of conferences on calling people back to the, the glorious or you know the glorious normal that mm. is that is the bible's way of presenting the gospel and we need to embrace it don't yeah we? absolutely so we would describe it maybe as an ordinary means of grace ministry yeah, yeah, um yeah. so just how do we use yeah. what god has ordained for us in his word so it's giving the youth leaders and workers absolutely conf confidence that. in that as a way of yeah. doing it great yeah okay. exactly um we do virtual book clubs so um again Sorry, the talk labs are, are they online as well online okay, um, yeah. so the talk labs prep are online talk labs practice will be a mixture of online and in person okay. um yep so that's starting in uh, september um and then we do uh, virtual book clubs um pretty much always have some of them going so trying again we find that lots of kids and youth workers get into their role and it becomes pretty busy and there's no time for reading or reflection it's just like prep go prep go um so try and help people dig in a little bit more to some pretty significant topics that either we feel are coming quickly towards us or that we're lacking on in the church so at the moment we're doing a book club on um biblical family counseling so how do you care for a family holistically because often if a family has difficulty we'll look after the dad the mum the child but we don't think about how we do right. this together okay. um a book by bob kelman which is really helpful what's and then his, what's his title um biblical family counseling okay pretty sure we'll, we'll put it in a link on, on this okay. episode of the podcast thank you people want to follow up yeah and then the other book club that we're doing at the moment was which is very exciting and equally terrifying which is um the age of ai by jason thacker um and i am a hundred percent convinced that we need to begin to think carefully about how the rapid development of AI is going to impact the local church and particularly kids and young people because they're early adapters. So they're going to be taking on whatever comes quickly. Um, and that has been a fascinating and insightful book club. We're, we're just coming to the end of that. So what are you reading for that? The, the Age of AI. The Age of AI by, by Jason Thacker. Jason Thacker. It sounds like that yeah. might be an episode all in itself. Well, yeah, or someone who's more equipped to talk yeah, about AI yeah. than I am. But I, I think it's fascinating. We have just done recently a series on social media so Snapchat, um, YouTube, Instagram and TikTok. And one of the things that was most striking is the role of AI in those media platforms um, and how it is influencing and controlling our yeah. young so people. So it's curating your feed and absolutely, all those sorts of things. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And so to think about how AI is going to change the face of 
21st century life and, and probably pretty soon we we think maybe an alexa or a siri yeah, yeah. but it's much more advanced and developed than that okay um, so that's all under the that's training. all training there's probably some the other training. things there but yeah. we'll skip Don't on worry. yeah then in terms of advising um so one of the things i spend a lot of my time is is just talking to kids and youth workers so you know we'll regularly get calls saying can you help you think through this can you help me figure this out you know from a just how do I teach this passage to, um, we have a child who is struggling with gender issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the ad hoc, you know, bit by bit. We also offer consultancy. So for uh, church families who are trying to think through their strategy and vision for kids and youth work. So I'll go spend a day um, with a, a pastor or, or a vicar and youth and kids workers and look through what you know what's happening and um, how it can be developed where areas of growth or change might be needed um so that's been really do you, exciting do you wish more leaders did that kind of thing i think it's necessary and it's been striking that lots of people are struggling to do it post-pandemic yeah. um and i think yeah i'd love us to think about it now because i think this is a once in a lifetime moment of opportunity for changing and addressing some of the things we'd love to change um yeah. what sorts of things do we need to be changing and how these, long have you got? These, are these future episodes as well? <laughs> well, possibly. Um, I'll make some notes. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, so how we do kids and youth ministry, how we conceive of it. Um, I think one of the things we're aware of, both in, in the millennial generation and Gen Z, which is the, the majority of the young people that we'll be caring for, is um, poor ecclesiology. Um, so how does that impact how we do kids and youth ministry? So just just unpack that a little bit for us because you know we we we're independent we're independent you're not independent but we're independents <laughs> yes. so so we like to think we've got a, a thought through ecclesiology but very often we haven't kind of applied it to the nitty gritty of church ministry have we so so how how does that connect to, to youth ministry? Yeah, for so example? like a, a really you know just a basic example of young people who just don't get church who yeah. don't know what church okay. is who are resisting the transition from kids ministry or youth ministry into sitting in church um, we, we are going to have an episode on that because it's yeah. one of my hot buttons <laughs> yeah as i think you know but we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a bit later and, and so other kind of issues that arise after ecclesiology um yeah so i think things like um we often in youth ministry particularly have worked on an exclusive um model which is described as an entertainment model of yeah, youth ministry yeah. or a funnel model um and research shows that actually the the young people that end up at the bottom of the funnel would always have got there Okay. Um, yes, which is a bit discouraging when you've spent a lot of time, money and energy doing the funnel, the big event stuff. So just thinking again how we how we conceive of that. We often work on an outside in model. So we try to bring people through the broad funnel top and into the local church. Whereas actually because of how Gen Z are developing and thinking, it's going to be much more effective to do an inside out model. So you start with the young people that God has given you in your church family and you then help them to maximize the connections that they have and equip them to reach out. So uh, Gen Z are particularly anti-authoritarian and much more peer responsive. Um, so help to help them think, yeah, how do they reach their peers? So just lo lots of different things, I, essentially. I mean, in, in a sense, that just feels culturally wise anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, when I was I, I was converted age 12 uh, in similar circumstances, you didn't come from a Christian family. And, um, you know, we went around um, adults' houses in small groups to do Bible studies, mm. um, which I think now would be very odd. In, you know, I, I think there's a kind of, perhaps, you know, non-Christian parents would be rightly suspicious about that. Yep. And so, so sort of that inside out 
kind of model actually fits with the cultural moments. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think we can definitely still do small group Bible studies. We need to think carefully about yeah, how we do yeah. it. But yes, it mo- it makes more sense to do peer to peer and then family to family um, right. outreach yeah. and evangelism. You know, so I could go on, but there's lots of things I think we could do with thinking through instead of just going back to the well, we've always done it this way. Yeah, sure. Um, so we've done them. Um, We've done training, advising. The other thing we do, which which kind of straddles the advising, uh, training and resourcing, is that we run mentor programs. Um, So either individual mentoring for kids and youth workers, family workers in the local church, um, or we've just started a group um, mentoring program as well. And that is really to help local churches um, reach the the particular issues they're seeking to reach. So it might be that a you know a bigger training course will not really satisfy the areas that they're looking to develop. Um, so we've ten in individual mentoring, and then we have a, a full cohort for the it's a family ministry group mentoring program. So. Um, it all sounds very exciting, and I'm, I'm not quite sure how you find the time to do all of those things. <laughs> uh, is it just you, uh, Greg and Disciples? Uh, no. Um, so I've got a colleague, uh, Pete, who started in September, wonderfully. He's based in Northern Ireland, so we're concerned both to develop Ireland, England, Scotland and Wales. Um, and then we have Kaz, who works just a little bit with us um, uh, at the moment. Um, we have another staff member joining in January. Um, as well so just building up a little bit now um i I can see how for a a full-time or even a part-time youth worker somebody who's paid by the church set apart by the church there's kind of a very easy in there um you know perhaps if you're listening to the podcast and you've got a worker like that you can just send the the link to the episode along and might be a great encouragement to them but i guess a lot of church leaders listening um aren't in that position perhaps their youth workers are voluntary or Mm -hmm. they're just working one day a week or you know got very little capacity how how can they plug into and and access some of the 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 gyd stuff yeah i think that's where we do see people using the mentor program actually um who are part-timers or yeah even volunteers um it's still a little bit of a commitment but it definitely works much more in a bespoke way um i think we can um come to you as well one of the things we again in trying to flip that model is um, a real commitment to go to the local church and make training as bespoke as we can for that church those volunteers um so yeah I, I think you know creativity is key in trying to help and resource people um yeah uh, and every every church is going to be different isn't it in terms yeah, of not absolutely. only its context but you know sometimes you can be a small church within it but with an enormous children's work historically it's just been that way or yep. or you may be a, a medium-sized church and really struggling to even make a start so i guess every church is going to have different. a context yeah and we often try to run plenty of stuff that is online in the evenings particularly for people to access who are volunteer leaders um so yeah. it's not shares all in zoom nine to five i feel like i should have by this stage <laughs> yeah you've missed a moment i think <laughs> yeah, they've, they've yeah, gone exactly. up and they're going down again. Yeah. yeah i thought at the beginning i wish i'd created zoom because i'm spending <laughs> most of my time on zoom uh but yeah yeah lots of uh, lots of zoom time but what a blessing it is to the church actually I know lots of us kind of despise Zoom now, but I am incredibly grateful and it's been helpful in formulating how we think about what we are doing. Great. Well, it's good to hear about uh, Grand Young Disciples and we're trusting that the Lord will continue to bless it and use it, especially the conference coming up. Um, Tell us the website just so where people can go Uh, to find out a bit more. So growingyoungdisciples.co.uk. 
Okay, that's easy. Growing, Growing in disciples. Or presumably, if you Google, um, other search engines are available. <laughs> if, if, if you Google Growing Young Disciples, you'd, you'd find it too. Absolutely. Great. Thanks, Mel. Well, we're looking forward to inviting you back to talk about a few other things, and um, perhaps more practically to do with children's work and, and youth work and family work. But thanks very much. Thank you, Adrian. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, you can subscribe to the FIEC podcast um, in uh, through the normal channels and through your normal podcast provider. And my name is Adrian Reynolds. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Mel.